morning. I'm glad you all are here this morning. I'm going to pray real quick before we get started so I can catch my breath because I just went up and down the stairs in the back. So um, let's pray together and then we're going to stand and, and join together in some worship. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come together. Um, God, we, we, we're, we're so thankful we get to be called your church, um, your bride, that we get to be a part of this incredible adventure. Uh, God, help us to um, worship with everything we have this morning and continue to do thro- so throughout the week. God, give us the... Um, fill us up um, so we can be emptied for your name's sake. God, help us to bring people um, to your throne. Um, you're so worthy of our praise and our worship. Um, God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here. I thank you for the family that you keep bringing through these doors. Um, we're just uh, blessed. Um, so, um, God, I just pray that we just have an incredible time through the rest of the service. Um, help us to take the, the words that you've given to Donnie and apply those things to our lives um, so we can look more like your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.
righteousness, light and life to all he brings, rears with healing in his wings. There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Psalms 86, 8 through 10.
Can you hear me? Good morning and Merry Christmas, everyone. You have to excuse me, I'm a little nervous this morning. As always, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to stand before you and speak about our faith. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus this Christmas season, remember that Christ's birth was the first Christmas present, and it was the Lord's gift to lead us to our salvation. This has been a tough year for everyone. We have faced isolation from friends and family, lost loved ones. We've had financial loss. It seems like everyone has been affected and harmed in some way. Our Lord made this beautiful day as a gift for each and every one of us. We can take each day that we are given and squandered away dwelling on confusion and grief that this world is shoving at us, or we can live our faith. Look for those around you that may be in need this Christmas season. We are called to help and serve one another. Remember that most people will never ask for help, even if they need it. I think that worry can slowly creep up and take us away from the joy of this season. I'd like to read Matthew six thirty-three and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Our communion is our quiet time. Our one-on-one with the Savior today. Give special thanks for the salvation that is freely offered to everyone, but especially for you and your personal relationship with God. Our Savior died on the cross to give our hearts the comfort and peace knowing that we have a place in heaven with him. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you for the gift of this day that we can worship and serve you and one another. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son and the salvation he brings to all of us. We thank you for this church family and the blessings that it brings to us. Dear Lord, we pray that your love will shine out above this country and move it closer to you. Comfort our hearts and let the real reason for this Christmas season touch our lives. Amen.
Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to all of you. Um, very excited to, to be here with all of you. We all have heard countless times the events of the Christmas Nativity. So um, because the kids are in here today, uh, this is going to be a little bit more participation. Uh, who are the characters that are in the Nativities? Baby Jesus. I knew that would be the first one. Oh, real quick. I forgot something. It's my fault. Hold on. There are baskets. There's a basket up here and a basket in the back because it's cold. I had a note and I just quit looking at it. Because it's cold out, the missions uh, team is wanting to collect um, gloves and hats to give to the homeless missions. And so they're asking for gently used or new um, hats and gloves for adults. Um, they need to be large, none of the little kitty things. Um, and you can place them in those baskets there. If you need more information about it, come see the, the missions team about that. Okay, there's my note that I neglected. So we have baby Jesus. Who else is in the nativity? Mary and Joseph. The angels. Who said that one? Very good. Most people would. The wise men. The shepherds. Anything else? We've got baby Jesus. The animals. Okay. Have you ever noticed who is the oddball in the nativity? The shepherds. Today we're going to be looking at the shepherds. Even though they're the oddballs, they are one of the, group, the, the main pivotal characters in the Christmas event. They're not just the extras like you'd see in a movie. They are actually... Um, very pivotal and important. Um, Luke 2 tells us the shepherds take a starring role. So we're going to take time today and examine the, the Christmas event through the shepherds. To do this, we're going to have to change how we view them. Okay, So a lot of times we have this idea, this flowery outlook of the shepherds. They were these nice, gentle guys who had a staff with a little hook on it. And they just walked around all quietly and came to see Jesus. That's not how they really were. So let's break the mold of what we think. Um, did you know the shepherds in their time were despised? People did not like the shepherds, or they were at least looked on with suspicion. Shepherds had very bad reputations. Because they wandered around the hillside so much, people assumed... They're thieves. They're thieves. They wander around, they steal stuff, and they leave, and we can never catch them. Um, because they slept in the fields with their sheep, they smelled. Okay? These aren't pleasant smells. Because they were constantly tending to their sheep, they rarely ever made it to temple services, so they were looked down on because of their faith and their lack of church attendance. In the culture of the Bible, they were, shepherds were known as thieves. They were known as brutes. They were these tough guys. Shepherds had to be strong and very mean to handle the herds, to battle predators, and to battle other thieves and robbers. Someone today says that, if you hear this, they speak like a sailor. You know what that means, right? Well, back in Bible times, it would have been, well, they speak like a shepherd. That's how they kind of spoke, okay? 
So here's what I want you to, and I to do. Kids, I want you to put on your imaginary hats. We are going to put our mind into what it means to be a shepherd, okay? So I want you to think, I'm a shepherd. I, this is what my life is, and let's go back into time. So as a shepherd, you are consumed for looking for grass and water for the sheep in a very dry and stony and hot Hostile climate. It is not like the plains of middle um, America. This is dusty, sandy area, and you've got to go find grass. Sometimes you have to travel far from human civilization, and for some of you, you would love that. You want to be away from all the crowds. I understand that. But that means um, you are using your sheep as wind blocks, you're using your sheep as pillows. There is no shelter for you, um, and you are in the climate. You are outside all the time. Sometimes you might have a tent, but most likely you do not sleep in one. And can you imagine, when you are told that you can't sleep, what are you supposed to count? Sheep. That doesn't make you sleepy when you're a shepherd. Because you're counting. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Okay. There he is. Got to make sure he's up. Wait, now I got to count again. That means you're constantly awake. You're counting the sheep, and sheep are not quiet. Can you imagine trying to fall asleep? You're almost falling asleep in the... I know who's next week's stew. So you don't have a bed. You don't have a cot or sleeping bag. There's no scientifically proven hiking shoes because Nikes weren't invented. You're wearing sandals. Open-toed open heels, sandals. And if you're around sheep 24-7, what do you think you end up walking in? And now you smell even worse. Can you understand why sheep or shepherds were kind of looked down on? You have no sunscreen, no hot showers, no deodorant stick for your underarms. So bad body odor prevails you. You've got no MP3 player to keep you occupied when the days get long. And for this reason, because of you're out of touch with hygiene, because you're grouchy and a little stressed, because you're weary and you're constantly hungry, people don't like you. Those are the shepherds of the nativity. Now, at least your profession is legal. You do good things for the religious community, providing lots of animals for sacrifice. So so at least you have that for you. Now, with that thinking, you're one of these despised, hungry, smelly, outcast shepherds. Let's see what God does in one of their fields one night. And I want you to really think about this. Put yourself into these shepherd's sandals. And starting in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. So right now, put your mind... Really put your mind into it. The air has a slight breeze. The sky is bright with stars and your nostrils are filled with the scent of sheep and your own body odor. You haven't bathed in over a month, constantly leading the flock to these different pastures. Your eyelids are heavy, but you're constantly on the lookout for predators. See, the shepherd's life that night was full of consistency. It was the same thing. It was over and over. This is what they did. They always did these things. It was constant. It was routine. Nothing new. Verse 9. 
Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were, what's the word? Terrified. This consistent normal life has been turned into chaos. They had a consistent life, and now it flipped upside down. The dark night was shattered with light. The quiet was pierced with a shout. We cannot think, okay? Plug his ears. You cannot think that the angel said, Hey, can I have your attention? That's not scary. So it said that suddenly an angel, boom! Ah, see, I gotcha. Suddenly, the angel grabbed their attention. The quiet was pierced with a shout. Remember these strong guys. You're a strong shepherd. You know how to fight predators. You know how to fight off thieves and robbers. And it says they were terrified. What is it going to take for a seasoned brute to be terrified? The night turned into chaos. Their minds are turned into chaos. Think about this. I haven't been to church for months And now an angel of the Lord is here. I'm going to die. I mean, think about it. If you were the shepherd, that's what you're going to think. Unless he's the angel of death, why would he come here? We have a bad reputation. Has finally caught up with us. And this angel, he's going to smite us with probably a blazing sword. So why would I be terrified? I'm worried about my soul. I'm worried that I'm not good enough to be here for this angelic warrior. Our hairs are standing up straight. When you're terrified, you can't move. You're at the mercy of this angel. You might laugh at us and call us cowards, but how would you feel if a supernatural being comes in the dead of night, sneaks up on you, and scares you? There's a, some people around my life, and usually I get to interact with them through a little device. And so what's happening is one of my sons is talking to them through this device, and I sneak in the room, and I scare both my son and the person on the other side. <laughs> it's hilarious. I get to see them jump. That's what this angel did. Jumped into the scene. I'm not going to tell you that it's Austin and Moira, okay? But um, the angel scares them. But look what the Bible says next. Luke verse 10, uh, 2, verse 10 and 11. But the angel reassures them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy To all people, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Right here we see something very important. The angel says, don't be afraid. God knew that the shepherds were going to go from consistency to chaos. And God has the angel give this specific message, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why? Because I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. See, their chaos turned into a calm. Everything's okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay. Don't be afraid. I have good news. I'm not here to kill you. I'm not here to smite you. I am here for good news. God has a way of doing this when we allow that chaos... Um, when he allows that chaos to spring in our minds and our hearts, but God did not abandon the shepherds to the chaos, nor did God leave the shepherds in the calm. That's not the end of this event. See, the angel said, do not be afraid. Remember, he appears as a messenger. Now, how do you picture angels? 
You know, if you see an angel on the tree or angels at Christmas, how do you picture them? Wings, light, robes, flowing robes, halos. That's so pretty. And then we think of pretty little angels. And they're just flitting around and, oh, hark, the herald angel. No, that's not what this is. That is not terrifying, people. If, if this long-haired, flowing blonde flies up into the sky, hello, shepherds. That's not scary. Here's what it is. When an angel appears in Scripture, he is a messenger, or the Greek in the Hebrew means a soldier. He is coming from the commander-in-chief to bring a message. So get rid of the robes and put on battle armor. Forget the halo. He's got a sword. Now this guy pops in in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'm scared. Okay? It is a soldier. Why is a soldier here? The angel said there is good news of great joy. Instead of planning our funeral at this moment, there is a celebration of new life in the town of David. In Messiah. He is born. The shepherds were minding their own business when suddenly the message of Jesus bursts into their life. And then God gives them this calm. It's even for you. You who are despised. You who are outcasts. You. Well, look what it says. Verse 12. And you... You will recognize him by this sign. You'll find the baby wrapped snugly in uh, strips of cloth, lying in a manger. This calming message of the Savior, the Messiah, is born, is not the full message. Because the angel keeps talking. It's not enough that God's going to share, hey, there is a baby born who is the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. God gave them an invitation. The shepherds were given a calling. It says, the angel says, you... Personally, you will recognize him, meaning go see him. You get an invitation. You smelly shepherds who are in the fringe of society, here is an invitation to go see the Savior of all people. Now verse 13, what's the first word? So again, this isn't a whole little choir. Okay, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, and notice what it calls them. What are they? The armies of heaven. This is not a full choir, guys. This is a battalion of soldiers. The armies of heaven praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. First, okay, so the angel is joined by a vast host suddenly again. So, boom, got you again. Okay, and then notice the next phrase, the armies of heaven. So many times when I've seen the nativity in, in, um, given in cartoons or in plays, it's all these pretty people in robes singing lovely songs. I've seen videos of soldiers singing worship songs. And it is more like a victory cry. 
It is more like a celebration chant. That is what it is like. So picture, you're on that hillside. You've just been scared witless by, the sh- by these angels. And the shepherds are standing there. And then a battalion of heavenly armies show up. And they start shouting. They shout, glory to God. Praising God saying this. Glory. Glory to God. And what's your first response? I want to go see what this is about. Isn't that what you want to do? And so the shepherds say, let's go see what the Lord's told us about. They received the calling, but notice who they gave credit. They didn't say, let's go see what the angels told us. They said, let's go see what the Lord has told us about. That is key because they know this is not a message of the, she- of the angels. The shepherds knew this is a message from God delivered directly to them. Verse 16. They hurried, in, hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Again, put yourself in this event. We're these shepherds, these smelly shepherds. We were just scared. We were just told this great news. We hurry and rush. Where are the sheep? I don't know where they are. It doesn't give any context to it. But guess what? That wasn't their concern at this moment. They wanted to go see Jesus. They rush over there. And it doesn't say that they found him right away. There's no star on this season. So how do you think they found him? Hey, do you have a baby in here? Is he lying in the manger? Oh, sorry. Hey, hey, they're searching everywhere. Now we know manger means in the stable. So they're looking in all these stables. Just as suddenly as the angels scared them, can you see these guys bursting in and the animals going, whoa, what is that? Okay, they are searching, they're rapid, finding him. And then they find him. After a while of looking, they find Mary and Joseph and the baby wrapped in common clothes of the day. And let me tell you something, it was not a silent night. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. I love that song. But it is very inaccurate. It was not a silent night. The baby was crying. Babies do that, okay? They were, uh, the animals were not sitting there looking at the baby and going, oh, The animals were making noises. They were making a racket. And then these shepherds who are looking around crazy like fools burst into the scene. I think they probably startled Mary and Joseph. Here's these thugs, these bandits, these despised people bursting into the barn, scaring the animals. Now they're making noise. They make noise. The baby starts crying. And the shepherds are like, oh, look, we found him. This is a chaotic event. They found him, though, just like that. Hi. And right in front of us, in front of the, told by the heaven's armies, the shepherds come into contact with the Savior. They went through all this craziness and they came into contact. Imagines when the shepherds show up. It, it has, it, it's a... In their mind, it's fantastic, it's true. The angel told us, and it's not some silly dream. We didn't have this mass hallucination. Here is the child, just like the angel told us. They're experiencing the whole thing. Have you ever experienced something that's just truly awesome and it seems like the whole thing just slows down? 
It's this great event. I remember each of my kids when I finally got to hold them. It was a quick thing, but in my head, time slowed down and I was so focused on them. I know nurses were moving around and, and everything. I, I, the world just stopped for a moment for me. Here I am looking at these fat babies. I think that's what the shepherds were like. Everything, the, the rackets of the noisy animals just faded out. The shocked faces of Joseph and Mary disappeared. And they saw the Messiah, the Savior. Imagine if you were that shepherd. We just went to the stable and worship and praise party broke out. Because these shepherds are brutes. They're not quiet choir people. It was not a silent night. That night changed things for the world. That night is burned and etched into our memory as shepherds. That night, God included us into his kingdom. He came to us with a personal invitation. He came to us with this good news. And for the first time in maybe all of the shepherds' lives, they finally, we finally felt like we were not undesirables or outcasts, especially by God. That night, God noticed us. He called us. He calmed our fears. And that holy night, I partied like I've never partied before. I was excited. Look what it says, verse 17. After seeing him, meaning Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had told them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So now we came into Bethlehem. Hey, hey, do you have a baby? Now we're leaving. Hey, hey, we saw the baby. Now we came, we came in like a racket. Now we're leaving even worse, causing a stir, telling everybody, hey, there's somebody on the side of the street. Do you know what I just saw? Guess what I just saw? These angels popped out, scared me to death, and then I saw the baby Jesus. He's the Messiah. And it says everybody was astonished. Here's these smelly, weird-looking outcast shepherds, and they won't stop talking about God. Shouting, joyful, jumping. The message of the Messiah has filled their conversations. And these shepherds, if we're those shepherds, our life cannot go just back to normal routine. Our life has changed. The shepherd's life has changed because they came into contact with Jesus. The shepherds, or the angels explode into our night, scaring us, calming us, then calling us to go out and find this child. After contact, our lives will never be the same. And yet, there's still one more gift. That's not where the event ends. Look what it says, uh, starting verse 19. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Side note, next week we'll find out that. Okay, verse 20. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying, praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eventually, the shepherds had to go back to the sheep. They are on the clock, by the way. The shepherds are. They're supposed to watch these things. They have to return. So here we are. We're shepherds again. We have to return to our jobs. We just told everybody we could on our way about this baby. Yet we don't return to work the same. 
Our lives have changed. But why is it that our lives have changed? It happened just as the angel had told us. It happened just like we were told. God gave the shepherds confirmation. He confirmed that not only were they invited, not only were they welcome to come, but they were confirmed God orchestrated this whole thing. God gave them this gift. Okay, so everybody take the imaginary pretend caps off and come back to our time. Personally, I am glad that God chose to reveal the birth of our Messiah to a group of shepherds like that. That it happened this way is a big surprise. We would expect the birth of the King, the birth of the Savior, the birth of the Son of God to be heralded by the governments, to have big parades, to have fancy announcements, not smelly shepherds. But the voice of prophecy, which had been talking about it, had been silent for 400 years. These are dark times known by scholars as the intertestamental period, referring to the silent years, the ones where God quit talking to his people. There's much political upheaval during this time, oppression by invading forces, downturn of the economy. There's a lot of unrest. And when God spoke again out of nowhere into the darkness, it was to the shepherds. Not the classy people, not the wealthy people, not the religious people, to the shepherds. And really, think when God spoke again. It's like after we've had a very long, hot drought, and then you get that fresh, new rain. And how the whole earth just seems to awaken. And how you just feel that stress of that heat just breaking. That's what the shepherds felt. God spoke. And not only did he speak, but he spoke to me. Surely, God could have done it a different way. He could have gone to the country club, some fancy big city. He could have picked better parents, somebody who could afford at least an inn or made reservations earlier. He could have picked all that. But isn't that the truth of Christmas, that God came close enough to be touched and held to show himself in a frail, vulnerable baby, lowly, in, in situation and place for ordinary, even despised people. For the struggling, sinful, like shepherds. Really, Jesus came for me and you. I mean, really, I, I'm no different than a shepherd. Despised, frail, looked at differently because I'm not a good person in God's standing this babe named Jesus would show God to be close by, as near as my breath. In Christ, we see God loving, embracing, unconditional in that love, compassionate and so strong that he took the blows of the cross, of the events that led him to that cross, for the sin of the world, for all those, as Scripture says, that will believe. Did you know the name Jesus means God is salvation? That's what Jesus really means. 
God has come to sinners such as the shepherds, the underprivileged, the no-names, the lowly. He did not come to be a celebrity nor demand celebrity treatment. God came in a diaper. How demeaning. I mean, really, you'd think him just to show up and be king and ruler. When the Messiah entered the world, all he got were dirty shepherds and animals and probably two wide-eyed, tired young people called Mary and Joseph who were feeling exhausted and scared. God came wrapped in the common cloths as a weak little baby. A baby that could be snuffed out by ruling authorities as we looked at with Herod a couple weeks ago. Newspapers, think of it today, it'd be wrapped, we'd wrap our babies in discarded newspapers. That's kind of what it was like back then. Why did he have to come like that and why the shepherds? God did not come to blow away the universe or demand his way or the highway. God came close, close enough to be hugged by Mary and Joseph, close enough to be seen and in contact with the shepherds to clearly demonstrate that other part of the name, Emmanuel, that God is with us. Because not only was there that fresh rain of, Jesus, of God speaking, there's also the fresh growth as God is with us. God will not refuse you. Though your skins may be like, or your sins may be uh, like scarlet, they will be, I know I can't speak today. God will not refuse you. Though your sins may be as scarlet, they will be made white as snow. I would love to see white snow right now. Just as a reminder of that. God is salvation. He has come to save his people from their sins. Now what does this mean for us today? Because I don't know, but is anybody in here a shepherd? Okay, so thank you. None of us are. For the most part, haven't we been living in a life of consistency? Take 2019 and before. Okay? Going through the daily grind. Work, home, church, work, home, church, work, home, church. We go through all of that. It was a routine. It was safe and comfortable. And then 2020 hit and brought with it chaos. Suddenly, 2020 hit and everything happened wrong. Well, we had stuff from diseases to comets to killer bees and seeds showing up in the mail. And it's a bunch of chaos. This is a very much a year of chaos. But think of this. With the culture, with politics, with entertainment, with our health, it has been so chaotic and yet, for those who have been looking and listening for God, He has brought to those people a sense of calm. Do not be afraid. Even though this, this year is nuts, it is crazy, it is chaotic, and we don't know what's going on, don't be afraid. God has given you a calm. Many have heard that phrase and turned away while others have heard that calming message, and then they were met with an invitation, a calling to draw closer to God, even in the midst of all this chaos. 
And because they reply to that, co- that calling, they have come into contact. I think that's the next one up there. Go ahead and hit that. I might have missed that one. Contact with God in a new and stronger way. Because they came into contact with their God, their faith, their lives, and outlook, guess what? It has. It has changed. It has changed for the positive. Because they allow God to lead them through this chaos, to calming, to a calling, then to contact, God has given them through the Holy Spirit, through His Word, through their faith, God has given everybody who has come through this list a confirmation on who God is despite what the circumstances are around us. So my question, and I I forgot to put one in there, my question for you is this. Where are you on this list? Really, where are you on this? Are you still trying to live in the consistency? Are you forgetting or trying to negate all of that chaos that has happened? You cannot just go back and forget it. You have to move through it. Are you trying to live in the consistency? Are you stuck in the chaos? You just don't know what's going on, and so you're living through this chaos, and everything's changing, it's causing stress and anxiety, and and you don't know what's going on, and you're stuck in there. Have you heard His voice to, don't be afraid? Have you come to that calm, that truthful message that God is saying, 2020 is nothing. I've got it. I'm in control. I have that power. Have you responded to the calling to, you know what? Because he's given me that message, I will venture out and follow him. I will come into contact with my Savior in a deeper, stronger, more meaningful way. And because of that, your life will be changed. And when you see the changed life, and then you look back over the scriptures, you know what you're going to see? Just as God has told you. Confirmation. Where are you on that list? We've all been affected this year. We've all gone from that consistency to chaos. But you do not have to stay there. God wants to lead. He wants to take us. He wants given us a personal invitation to go through this list and end up in the confirmation where we can stand on the other side like the shepherds who remembered it forever. And I can tell you this. When they talked to other people, years later, do you know what they talked about? This one night, I was watching the sheep. It was all quiet. And suddenly, an angel came and told me about the Savior. They kept telling the event. They kept sharing the good news. And you know what? They kept showing that God confirms who He is and what He does to each one of us. I am so glad the shepherds were invited, which means I have a chance to come to. This Christmas, are you ready to leave the chaos and come into contact with Savior? We're going to stand, we're going to sing a song, and we're going to come back into the throne room of heaven, and we're going to worship Him and thank Him for doing this for us. Again, if you need to make a decision for Christ, if you need to talk about 
anything about your faith. We're going to have people who are volunteers to go pray with you over in the cafe over here if you need that. But as we come to this time, let's lift up and let us shout the victory, the praises, and the glory of God louder than the, than the angels did. Because that salvation was not for them. It is for us. Captive. Um, so after church today, um, the preschool graduation is this week. The Christmas. Pre- I don't know. I just have a thing on my hand that says stage setup. We're setting up the stage after church today. So if you're strong men or women, we'll take either. Um, we're going to set up the stage with the risers. They're in the closet. They're going to be hard to get to. So we'll see. Um, also, our Thanks Christ Giving Miss Party. If you're confused, there's a thing on the wall back there. Um, for the junior high and senior high is this Tuesday. Um, so I've got little sheets. Um, and so if you have a student who wasn't at Sunday school, who's in junior high or senior high, have them come see me, and I will give you all of the details. That's it. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.